What's going on, everybody? My name is Jeremy Franchese. You are tuning in to First Floor Conversations, where the view at the top is only as good as the foundation which preserves it. Today on episode 22, we talk about how to build a strategic narrative. What's going on, everybody? I hope you're all doing really, really well. Um, obviously, we've been off for a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, I hope you had a great Fourth of July. I hope you you had some time to relax, kick your feet up, maybe watch a couple dozen hours of Netflix, maybe even enjoy a couple adult beverages. Um, but uh, but we're back. We're back in action with new equipment, stepping our game up over here. Thanks to uh, 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 20-something episodes of working out the kinks. I know what works. I know what I'm looking to do with this thing. Uh, and and the, the help of Ian Lenhart, the, the Len Jones himself, hosts an incredible podcast uh, that's called Len Jones Party of Two. Interviews incredible entrepreneurs, curates wild stories of very successful people that, that I enjoy and I, I think you would as well. Um, but, uh, but thanks, buddy, for uh, helping me with the setup, so to speak, on what to pick, what not to pick. For those that know me, ain't exactly my strong suit. And so we got everything, new mics, new setup, new stands. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're in action. Um, and what that means for you is is we're looking to, to produce a lot more uh, sessions, a lot more conversations, a lot more interviews. Um, so it'll be a different blend. But uh, now that we have 99% of what we need, uh, this one was not with the new equipment, though. The last 45 minutes, been trying to figure out what's going on. I needed to buy a new SD card or a different one, rather, that, that was uh, more suited to uh, our Zoom. So we are, uh, we're almost there, but we had, to, we had to go back to the old equipment uh, and, and work episode 22 out. But this week, we will have a new episode with the new equipment, get our, get our game on, and uh, we're going to dive in. And so, you know, episode 22, we're talking about a strategic narrative, and a company may use the term mission statement or corporate motto, uh, but all of this stems from a, an article I actually was reading this morning, uh, Harvard Business Review. And it's an old one. It's it's actually not a new article. It was published in 2016, um, and I really enjoyed it. I, th- I thought it was super interesting. And most of you guys know, again, like I I read, but I don't I don't love uh, a lot of the stuff that comes out, like Inc. and Forbes, Forbes, and all. It just a lot of it's kind of like regurgitating the same thing, or it's cl- like a lot of clickbait. But I really like this, and it was headed by uh, I'm gonna bur- butcher the name, but Mark Bonchek, uh, how to build a strategic narrative back in March of 2016. So we're, we're, we're digging through the history, but it talked about how to have a core shared purpose that's communicated uh, for your people, your employees, your teams, uh, your customers in, in just a way that unites everybody to a common purpose, right? And I just, when I was reading it, it's, it's, it's interesting and it talks about branding a little bit, so, but I just think it's so transferable across really any skill set. Um, and answering like, why are we doing this? Why do you want me to take action? Why? And it just answers why across the board for like everything. And so um, I just wanted to break it down a little bit, have a conversation, open up the dialogue, get out some content, have some fun, um, and maybe provide some context to a way you can better align with your team, your dream, and all at the end of the day, reel in some green. And so we'll kind of dive in. If you look up the, the name of the article, how to, how to Build a Strategic Narrative, it should come up pretty quickly. It's organizational culture. It's kind of the subset. Um, 
but but let's let's start off with with like a, like branding in general. Like I think I, I, there, there's this this piece reference is something that I think is pretty interesting. That's not very. It's kind of obvious. It's like a it's like a, a a common sense moment, but it articulates that a lot of research shows that people perceive companies as people, not as objects. And so, when people are producing content or marketing and branding themselves, they're looking for people to communicate who they are, not what they are. Right? Like when you meet somebody new, you're asking about who they are. You're looking for perspectives of them as a person, them as a being, not them as an object. It's not about what's your specs, it's about what's your personality. Right? And so a lot of the data that backs this article represents that, that, that understanding of our consumers and our people look at uh, things that are on paper, not living organisms, but they look at them as if they are, right? And so with a company or your team, for example, on paper, you're just a bunch of employees maybe. Um, But having a strategic narrative, having something that really binds it all together, proactivity, engagement, uh, and ultimately profitability will go through the roof. And this article really breaks down a couple key pieces. So I'm going to walk through it, quote a couple things from the article because between you and me, uh, pretty sure Mark Bonchek may be a little bit smarter than I am. Uh, and until I'm published in Harvard Business Review for myself, I don't mind giving him a little bit of credit. And so uh, let's let's kick this off. There's, there's one part I'm, I'm going to start with. Um, And I quote, you want a story that inspires employees, excites partners, attracts customers, and engages influencers. A story that is concise and comprehensive, specific, but with room to grow, and one that defines the company's vision, communicates the strategy, and embodies the culture. Now, I'll pause there. It's like, obviously, right? That doesn't sound like something that's going to blow you away and change your mentality. But it goes into a couple levels of, of, of really breaking down what this all means in, in, in some of the companies that we look at. And so I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you a specific example, right? So everybody knows the company IBM. This article talks about this in, 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 a, in, a, in a core piece that talks about it in your company DNA, in your team DNA. And I quote, it's not a coincidence that the mantra of IBM's founder, Tom Watson, was think. IBM's last marketing strategy was based on the idea of a smarter planet, and its current strategy is based on the idea of cognitive business. Thinking is the DNA of IBM's brand. And so what they do with this, and I continue, right, to find your brand DNA, go back to the original vision and ethos of your founders. Walmart's value proposition is everyday low prices. It's by no means unique among retailers. And I repeat, it's not unique. That, that's not a strategic narrative. We want low prices. That's just a, 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 a way to position yourself in the market. That's a value prop. We have everyday low prices. Here's where the article starts to turn and come fold, right? Uh, come, come full circle. And I quote, but Walmart's shared purpose Their strategic narrative is not about lowering prices, but raising the quality of life. When he, Sam Walton, the founder of Walmart, he said, if we work together, we'll lower the cost of living for everybody. And so their their proposition was, we have really inexpensive goods. We have really affordable goods. That was what positioned them. The strategic narrative was, if we execute on our business model of providing low-cost goods, then we're able to help our customers acquire a better quality of life because it costs less to acquire the bare minimum, 
right? If we, and I quote Sam Walton said, if we work together, we'll lower the cost of living for everyone. That's a strategic narrative. Not we're going to get this done. We're going to sell a lot of products. We're going to move a lot of units, right? It went from what's our value prop? Our value prop is we offer every to low prices. What is a strategic narrative that unites us, our employees, and our customers all on the same side of the aisle, right? We've all been in conversations where people are just hard pitching something, trying to put their point across, right? It doesn't really move the needle because at some point you're like, I don't know if I need what you're selling me, right? And that could go for your boss to your subordinate. That could go from manager to manager. At the end of the day, it's about collaboration and every company has to have buy-in emotionally and financially that allows them to collaborate with their end consumer, with their client, with their customer, right? And so having a strategic narrative that allows everybody to agree and that they're all on the same side of the playing field that allows everything to move forward because when employees show up to work at Walmart, they're not looking at it saying, oh my, I work at the, 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 uh, a company that offers the cheapest product. They look at it and say, we get to offer our customers a better quality of life because they're spending less of their hard-earned money on food and, and the, 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 the non-negotiables, the vital items they need to live. And that then can go to other parts that make their life happy, fulfilling, and fruitful in all other means, right? So... Strategic narrative. That's a really good example. And, and again, why I like this article is backed in 2016, but that same concept rings true, right? And I, I like to always bring it where it's not only just pure business. Obviously, this, this podcast slants heavily on the business narrative. But at the end of the day, it's like this goes for everybody. I mean, like if you have a, a good platonic friend that you spend a lot of time with and at the end of the day, it's like, Every single time it's like, take, 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 take. You're like, dude, why are, why are you doing this to me? Right? Now, if I'm not saying you have to have a strategic narrative with your friends, but my point is you need to have some common ground of why are we doing this together? Now, if it's just to hang out, have fun, enjoy company, and keep moving, great. But maybe when it goes to business, you have to shift that focus because otherwise it just feels like somebody's taking more than they should. Right? It's like why it's like if you work for for a boss and they just keep throwing things on your plate and you're like why are we doing this? Like I get I'm getting paid but why am I doing this? Right? A strategic narrative helps put everybody on the same side of the table so that it's not about negotiating, bantering and and pulling. It's not a game of tug of rope, right? It's a game of chess when everybody is on the same side of the board. You're all just trying to figure out how to navigate so you can win the game. Right, and so when you dive back into this article, I'm going to say this again. I'm quoting the article in: "A strategic narrative is a special kind of story. It says who you are as a company, where you've been, where you are, and where you're going. How you believe value is created, and what you value in relationships. It explains why you exist and what makes you unique." What's interesting, and what I find interesting about that quote from this article, that that piece, is it it. It doesn't talk about um, finances. Like it doesn't talk about price. It doesn't talk really about um, even like value prop necessarily. It's it's more about understanding like what is your purpose and how does it involve the people that you benefit, right? Obviously, if your value prop is a low cost retailer like Walmart, then how you believe value is created, that's how you articulate that, 
right? We provide low-cost goods to make our uh, uh, customers' quality of life better because their hard-earned money doesn't have to all go to their food and groceries and their, their, their living expenses. They can then pass that savings on and benefit the rest of their quality of life, right? But I'm going to read this again. The strategic narrative is a special kind of story. A story. This isn't an ad campaign. It's not a pitch. It's not a slogan. It's a story. And it's an ongoing story. It's like a Ferris wheel. As long as they're there, you got to keep messaging that story. And so as it comes to a corporate level or a team level, if you are managing 15 people, what's your strategic narrative? What's the messaging in your team, right? Is it collaboration? Is everybody in an island like it's golf and everybody puts and plays and drives at their own cadence? Or are you operating managing software developers where the, the they need to all operate like a well-oiled machine working together in collaboration on a project? Maybe they're virtual. Maybe they're physically in an office. But the difference between we build software and we insert your strategic narrative it was what could make the difference. It's again, it's not what we do, it's why we do it and why the people we serve work with us. But it's a story. Okay? Pause and take a drink. It's about shared purpose. And I, I just, I really like this. You're, we're starting to see a lot of companies hiring these chief program or uh, chief people officers and employee engagement uh, you know executives and and really focusing on the people I just think some of it can start really back on the branding side and the messaging and the marketing like what's the purpose and there's a piece in this article and I'll abbreviate it here uh, and I quote uh, the cornerstone of a strategic narrative is a shared purpose we've talked about it a little bit right um, to continue this shared purpose is the outcome that you and your customer are working together they're working toward together. It's more than a value prop of what you deliver to them or a mission of what you do for the world. It's the journey that you are on with them. By having a shared purpose, the relationship shifts from customer, consumer to co-creator. I love that. I think that's I think that's really, really interesting. And and some of the people that um you know, gotten gotten to work with uh, in in my core role right now, but also in the things I do outside of you know the, that core role. Um, and it's so it's so clear that those that are uh, uh, acting as co-creators, like they have a strategic narrative that unites them in their end consumer, their customer, their client. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's it's a knockout. It's a no-brainer because they feel like they're working together to create a result. Right? It's not saying, I'm going to sell you my software. You're going to send me a payment. I'm going to deliver you the license or the custom solution. And then we move on from there. They're looking at, why are we building this? What do you need it for? What result comes from us collaborating on this product? Right? I mean, yes, if you're selling a commodity, maybe not as valuable. Right? If you're selling chopsticks to P.F. Chang's, they probably don't care about the quality of the wood. Right, but we live in a world where people support stories that have a social benefit. Right, social entrepreneurship, social capitalism. Um, it's like it's no surprise. I mean, this dates back to even the days of like Tons, where like you know buy one and give one. There's a thousand, there's a million companies that do that. But it also comes back to the messaging. What is the message? And this doesn't have to be for companies that have an in you know an in, uh, an intrinsic a giving factor. It comes back to again. Um, it's the it's the story that you're sharing that unites you and your customer, so you have a an opportunity to work together. Um, 
I'm going to round this out. This is going to be a shorter podcast. I am... Um, because the article is pretty short, and I think it speaks for itself. We need to unite people in what they're creating. Like, if I'm gonna do, if I'm gonna do branding work for somebody, let's say, and create content, it's not hire me and I'll do videos, or hire me and I'll write, you know, a uh, uh, copy, or I'll I'll do posts. It's let's get you known, right? If if, if you are raising capital to execute on a certain initiative, it's not. Let's do video work so you have things on your website. It's let's let's help un, un, let's help people have an amazing first impression of you. Let's create an extension of you so you can be trusted and known and perceived as an authority in your space. Right? Because if you do that, ultimately the business will grow. You'll be able to employ more people. You'll be able to network with other people, spread the 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 wealth of of relationships and opportunity. X, Y, and Z, right? It continues on and on. It's not hire me, let's transact business, right? And with this, that strategic narrative is something that that it can be so transferable from the company's strategic narrative and, and that 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 connector, but it can also be a one-off where you customize these strategic dialogues and these 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 north stars within a specific project. Because those things change. Now, for example, in this article, it touches on, on Starbucks. It, and I quote, at the core of Starbucks narrative is the idea of a quote unquote third place. Before becoming the CEO, Howard Schultz traveled through Europe. If you don't know the story, traveled extensively through Europe uh, and realized that in every country, there was a third place between home and work, right? Where people could gather for conversation, community, maybe a drink. It was a place that allowed them an alternative from purely going to work and going home. And he saw that as an opportunity. And so rather than being a coffee shop, he envisioned Starbucks as a third place for America. The concept of a third place is what powered the growth, right? Now, obviously, there was, uh, if you follow Starbucks, there was some uh, challenges after he stepped away in 2000, uh, came back in, in 2008, and it really uh, kind of uplifted the company. But it really strung through that, that mentality of we're going to provide an experience, right? If you've ever gone to work and like actually do work at a Starbucks, there are some points of the day that you shouldn't go because it's loud. It's popping. The music's loud. There's a lot of noise, right? And it's not a bad thing, right? Because they have an evolutionary cycle to what experience it brings. It's a third place. Sometimes it's very quiet and it's a great place to work. Sometimes it's it's a social environment. People want to get something after work or they want to get something before work and they're grabbing a cup of coffee, meeting, catching up, doing whatever they're doing. Um, but but r- the brass tacks is they knew their spirit their space and they knew what they were providing. They weren't selling coffee, they were providing the third place. And so when they communicated with their marketplace, everybody knew what the purpose was of supporting them, working with them, and allowing them to continue to serve you. Okay, if we work with this place, yeah, everybody's, all these coffee shops sell coffee and have tables, but Starbucks is trying to, to create an experience where the free Wi-Fi and the partnership with you know, Google or Spotify and, and these custom playlists and all these drinks and the mobile experience so you can come in and pick up quick. Like they just try to do everything they can to make it an incredibly smooth, easy, effortless experience so that it's the place you, were, you, you, you divert to when you're not at work and you're not at home, right? Value prop versus strategic narrative. And so, you know, I, I think it's interesting. I, I hope that this is something that maybe rattles around. Uh, if you look at like what is our what is our purpose is one thing. What's our value prop is one thing. But what is the, what is the the like if you asked your client or maybe your team, your subordinates, your employees, 
you know, what's our like, what's our strategic narrative? What is it that we do? And how, how do we involve the end client in this process? Are we just knocking doors or are we creating a, a better X, Y, and Z? Right. And so I think there's a lot here. This article goes a little bit more in depth, but it's very, very simple. And I quote, people don't fundamentally change and neither do companies. When they're founded, a kind of DNA is created that persists for the life of the company. A strategic narrative must align with that brand, right? Or it's going to be perceived as inauthentic. And it's, it's spot on, right? You can tell companies that maybe operate a certain way. They bring in a new CEO and it, you like kind of don't know what to expect from them anymore. Um, the authenticity matters. The strategic narrative matters. Having a way that your story, right, it, it involves your your customer and what you're working together on. You can have one macro thesis, one macro narrative, but then you can have the one-off with a team or a project, right? You can adjust things. But dating back to the original point, and as we round out episode 22, which if you're still listening, thank you so much for uh, for hanging out. Review if you can. Uh, we, I think, only have uh, 12 reviews on, on iTunes. Um, but any any type of context helps. Like I, I've gotten amazing feedback from certain people that text me and say, hey, this, this could be better if you did this. Try this. I'm not saying I'm listening to everything immediately changing things, but it allows me to have a baseline understanding of how the audio sounds, how this sounds. Should I do this? Should I change that? Um, and if you enjoy it, then, then review it because it makes things. Uh, it makes it makes me better understand if I'm on the right track, and it's all I ask. Um, but uh, but to round it out, people, and the research shows people perceive companies as people and beings, not as objects. And so every time you produce, you know, a company produces content, or you market yourself, or you elaborate on something that may be a slogan, and you expand on it, and you perceive, or you try to help gain perspective, your people want to understand who you are and what you, and, and not just what you do. Right? They see you as a human, not an institution, uh, not a relationship. Right? It, it's quite literally as if your company were a person. What would it look like, dress like, operate like? Who would its social circle be? Like thinking about things that way, and all of a sudden, it makes it a little easier to brand yourself. Like if companies were people, what group of people would you be with? What things do you support? What would your process of collaboration be? Now, obviously, I'm going down a little bit of a rabbit hole, but um, I think you get where I'm going with it. And so thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed episode 22. I hope you've enjoyed all of the other episodes. Um, But again, the thesis here is so, so simple. The view at the top is only as good. It's only as good uh, as the foundation which preserves it. And at the end of the day, you can have a sexy slogan. You and your team can have some cool little motto. Um, but but the companies that brand and, and position themselves and the teams that have something that connects them to the greater purpose of the projects, the job, the assignments, what do you think is going to happen? Right? And, and if you're moving a deal and your customer feels more involved in the process like a co-creator, like there's a shared purpose here. They're not just soliciting a service. They're co-creating a result. Do you think they're going to be more engaged in implementation? Do you think they're going to be more engaged in moving through the, 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 the transition process? Do you think they're going to be engaged when they come up and there's problems? Let's be honest. Nothing's perfect. Do you think they're going to be engaged when you have problems? 
Yes, because they're co-creating it. They won't just look at you and say, "What's you, what, why are you making this problem? Why are you making mistakes? They're going to look at it and say, hey, we, what are we doing? What are we doing? Because they're co-creating it. Because a strategic narrative positions you and your client and your team all on the same side of the field working for a common goal. You're co-creating a result. So when problems come up, you're all team. You're all a team. And so I think it's worth a look if you're trying to make some magic. So interviews to come. Uh, this is, I'm hoping, praying, hopeful, hopeful that this is the last podcast with the old school kind of like uh, 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 really, really basic setup. I Again, like I wanted to get like 20-something episodes out, work out the kinks, get a taste for what I was doing, get some feedback from everybody. That was amazing because you gave me some feedback and I knew what worked. I got some criticism uh, and also some affirmation on where we can take this, what we could do. I had my idea. Now I can really start to, to take it to the next level. And so uh, all, all your recommendations and requests have not fallen on deaf ears. I will re- interview a, a, a broker. I will be interviewing a CPA. I will be interviewing executives. I will be interviewing and curating conversations, uh, recruiters. It's all been heard. It's all been noted. And I promise you that it will be coming. Um, and, and now that I have a better setup to capture a better quality audio, I'm sure you listened to two of the interviews. And while the dialogue was good, the quality wasn't as good as I'd like it to be. And so now that the, the quality is there, we'll work out the kinks on a few of them. Um, but to greener pastures, to more content, to better conversations. And I hope actionable insights and relatable stories that provide you what you need so you can build a rock solid foundation and continue to build with certainty. So my name is Jeremy Frantrezi. Thank you so much for joining and I look forward to the next one.